Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to the NXT 2.0 review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dadly Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, to review everything that happened on last night's episode of NXT 2.0. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review NXT 2.0, but also Raw, SmackDown, AW Dynamite, AW Rampage, pay-per-views. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, though, joined by Sidgwick to review NXT 2.0. And what did you make of last night's show? It's still going to be a lot of fun to bury, but in terms of what NXT 2.0 is about is it is a terrible, inexplicable TV show with these characters that you just expected to know, and there's so many of them, it's just bizarre. The experience of actually watching it at this point is not as fun as I expect this podcast will be to record. There's just, there are moments where I'm like, right, okay, hurry up. Yeah, you're green, great. Yeah, your green is great. Great. <laughs> yeah, great. I'm bored of bad wrestling. Like The thing is, bad wrestling is so much fun. Like certain people don't get this, where it's like, oh, why do you still watch WWE? Oh, well, I'm getting paid. <laughs> why do you watch this? Or why do you like to bury things? Why are you so negative? And it's just like bad wrestling fucking rules up to a point. Like every now and then, I'll treat myself just to an absolutely random 2000 WCW Nitro or Thunder because it's often hilarious for like 25 minutes. And it's like, this is genuinely, like, diabolical, and I can no longer <laughs> watch it. The novelty has, in fact, wore off, and I'm at this point now. Yeah, I can see where you're coming from. Uh, I still enjoyed large parts of this show, but I'd compare it to when my nephew got given uh, by his mom. He got given this big box he should been saving up because um, he got into wrestling and the, the action figures and stuff like that. And she basically bought him this big box of just any old wrestler that she found at these car boots nearby. And he first got that box and he was just like, oh, I got you. Like, overwhelmed. Was, oh, my God, I've got this guy and this guy and this guy. And then slowly it was just like, yeah, the, the quantity isn't necessarily what he's here for now. It's the quality. And he likes the ones that you can press and they'll light up or whatever yeah. it may be. Again, that sort of feeling from from the new NXT. There's still some good it's stuff. terrifying as a parent, that, you know. Yeah. Like, my kid is... Ballistic about football. He's gone football mad. He still wants to listen to three lines every day. <laughs> oh, well, lost, man. It's horrible. And he's so bang into it that obviously with Christmas coming, he's going to ask Santa for loads and loads and loads and loads of football things. Don't be greedy, not too many, but you know what I mean. Yeah. And it's like, I'm so worried that he's going to get suddenly sick of it because it's been his life for the past however many months where it's like, I like turtles now. Well, tough titties, pal. It's December. Your entire, your <laughs> entire bedroom is decorated with football stuff and we've planned ahead for the last 11 months <laughs> yeah. for this being, yeah. Oh, I can only imagine uh, a, a friend of my, uh, my wife's kid has just done the exact same thing. He's gone off wrestling and got into football and she's like, but all that. I spent so much <laughs> money. Like, he's got the ring that, like, you press a button in the middle and it plays the wrestler's theme that you connect with it or whatever. Do they now, do that? Apparently. There's some great stuff out there, honestly. He's the one I told you about before where he had these loads of these wrestlers. And I was like, oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I've, you know, like, oh, I've spoken to Chris Jericho. He doesn't care, right? 
what's your favourite wrestler? And he went, this one. Which one did he pull out? Right, of all the WWE wrestlers, I'll give you a time period, of the last 10 years, because she, again, but a bit like um, my uh, nephew's mom, uh, goes to car boots and just gets what she doesn't know. She's just like, that looks like a wrestler, I'll buy it. So there's occasionally an action man, Chuck. (laughs) But who's his favourite of all the wrestlers? John Cena. Nope. Sin Cara. (laughs) Don't work there anymore, brother. <laughs> didn't really work previous to that, but still. And uh, he's also the one who was like, look at this, look what I've got. This is Sting, Kevin Thorne from ECW. But, well, you have a nice time with it anyway. Um, yeah, let's talk about the show, because there was some great stuff on it. There was some actually genuinely great wrestling as well, and a great angle to end the show with. But we'll start at the beginning of the show, because it was sort of nice. It was sort of like reminiscing. You know when you like, have rose-tinted glasses when you look back on thinking, like, oh, when I was at uni, everything was great. It wasn't sometimes staying up till four in the morning writing essays because I was poorly organised or whatever. Or you think back on maybe like previous relationships, and I was like, why did I break up with that girl? She was perfect. No, she wasn't. She was a nightmare. <laughs> right? Because we got a call back to the old NXT and the most dangerous place in the world, the NXT parking lot. Isaiah Swerve Scott is walking in with his headphones on, ready for his North American Championship match later on in the evening. Uh, Shanti the Adonis is already missing, apparently. And what should happen but Legado del Fasma pull, pull up in their van, their infamous van, jump uh, the rest of Hit Row, Top Dollar and B-Fab, kidnap them, and nearly, Swerve doesn't even notice. He happens to turn around, thankfully, uh, take off his headphones, there's a big brawl. Um, but uh, yeah, they uh, they drive off. Santos Escobar cuts a little promo on Swerve, saying sort of "see you in the main event, good luck on your own" sort of thing. And uh, yeah, another another NXT kidnapping. I mean, it's ridiculous. Where's Samoa Joe? I mean, I know he's not cleared to compete, but he was brought into this promotion <laughs> brand to restore order and get rid of the chaos. Chaos is happening all of the time. Uh, it was a load of rubbish, wasn't it? There's no <laughs> continuity, and there's certainly not any continuity anymore. <laughs> Look, I'd, I will say one thing. Knowing what we know of the main event, this was a stupid trope that makes the whole universe look idiotic and careless. But they were going to use it here, it at least paid off quite nicely in the main event. Exactly, yeah. Um, we cut to the ring, and who sat there but Joe Gacy, and he cuts a promo... Hitting all the points we'd expect. Uh, he says, uh, Tommaso Ciampa holding the NXT title means untold unbalance. He said, tonight in this safe space, I'm going to beat the walking example of toxic masculinity and championship privilege. I represent, he says, all the snowflakes. <laughs> they finally said it. Uh, and I'm going to inject myself into the championship match at Halloween Havoc. It's just buzzwords now this isn't it it's hilarious man this is i was this is one of the bits where i was like pissing myself laughing at how ridiculous it is like there was another moment later on with lash legend that i howled at the (laughs) the just the thinnest grasp of what is going on like i just love the idea and this is legitimately what has happened and continues to happen every week it's like someone from the social media team or Bruce Pritchard, or whatever. Bruce Pritchard has a gripe with the liberal, mm. and he's decided to create this character. Great. Elsewhere, because these old men like this social media thing, and they're like, yeah, what's over on that? <laughs> and then you'll get some social media intern who will go on the trending tab and go, this. And then Bruce Pritchard will go, right, okay, this will definitely be the bit that connects with the youth. <laughs> so what we'll do is um, put that in a scripted promo. Question mark, question mark, question mark, 18 to 14 demographic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Great stuff. I just, I can't get over, I can't remember the exact words, but he's got like four words on his Tron. And they're all like great things to have, like... I don't know, like equality and all that. And it's like, these aren't bad traits to have. You do realise that, don't you? Bloody, all these people wanting equality and fairness in the world, idiots. They're the heels. For some reason, despite the fact that I've heard um, total dickheads say this for about what, five, six, seven, eight years at this point, it was on the tip of my tongue last week. 
Thank you to Twin Peaks Wrestling. Shout out great Instagram fan mm-hmm. for the niche market of people who love wrestling and Twin Peaks. Follow him on Instagram at Twin Peaks Wrestling. He pointed out to me that the word that was on the tip of my tongue was virtue signaling. Yes. So what Joe Gacy is doing is signaling his virtue. But the idea is Bruce Pritchard thinks that they're all performative arseholes, these liberals. So he says things and then contradicts them with his cheating in the matches because he's an empty, hollow, bad person who's signaling his virtue to get nice points online. That's the character, and it's hilariously bad. And he's going to say next week, I feel like the only buzzword they haven't really gone to yet is cancelled. So I feel like that's coming next week, not to play our game for the NXT preview a little early. Anyway, let's get to the match. Joe Gacy versus Tommaso Ciampa. If Gacy wins, of course, he's added to the match at Halloween Havoc for the NXT Championship, making it a triple threat. Um, Very basic sort of back and forth stuff early on. Gacy hits a body block and gets a cover. Well, gets a one count, basically. In the midst of all this, we cut up to the stands, and there's Hardland, who's just there, you know, thousand-yard stare going on with him. Uh, in the midst of all that, that distracts Gacy. That allows Champa to, to take over here, uh, chop, stomps in the corner, all that sort of thing. He uh, goes to the outside with him. Gacy tries to haul him into the commentary desk, but Champa reverses it. Gacy uh, eventually looks like he's in control. He goes off the top of the moonsault. That misses. Champa goes for the fairy tale ending. Gacy counters that into a jackknife. Gacy goes for that springboard handstand elbow thing that he does. Champa cuts him off. Fairy tale ending. One, two, three. Tommaso Champa wins. And in a great turn of events, in my opinion, it remains a one on one match between Champa and Bran Breaker. And I have to tell you what happened post match here because otherwise. I may forget it. Post-match, Champa's on the outside celebrating with Goldie. He gets a, he gets attacked, get jumped by Snitz, get, by uh, Harland, of course. And uh, Gacy goes up to Harland. Harland grabs him by the throat. Oh, my God, he's going to murder him. And then it's a podcast, but I'm going to do it anyway. Gacy strokes Harland's face very slowly, just like I've done to Michael Sidgwick. Like and then Harland, Harland, very nice soft face, that. Harland... Runs off. <laughs> oh. uh, like, how can I possibly remember the match after this astonishing post-match angle? Um, there are overtones to the post-match that I don't really want to talk about. No. Um, because we know what they think, and it makes everything so much uglier mm. um, than it... It makes everything so much uglier and hateful than your escapism should ever have to be. The match itself, uh, Gacy is, like, deceptively agile. Yeah. It creates some excitement from out of nowhere, and it's not just hollow, like, it really feels like, well, if he can move that fast and he's such a heavy hitter, then the the results in doubt. Like, it can work, it can go, absolutely, you can definitely, definitely go. This match was fine. Um, fine to good, I would describe it as. But again, overshadowed by the post-match angle. Look, it's a hook. Yeah, it is. And I'm intrigued to see what they do next with it. Like that you say with ominous excitement regarding it. And uh, yeah, I mean, like you say, I, I don't want to take away from Gacy being a performer. But I do want to say that if Champa can carry Gacy, even though, like you say, I don't think he was being carried too much here. I thought he was very impressive. If Champa can do that, this match with Bron Breaker could be very, very interesting in a couple of weeks. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it was a weird sort of start to the show because nothing was allowed to breathe because Gacy stood there smiling about rubbing <laughs> Harland's face or something and then doesn't even have time to go to the back before Toxic Attraction's music plays and they come out. There was a bit after where Toxic Attraction did something and then... Zion Quinn just immediately came out as well. So it was just, it's like so much stuff, we can't even possibly let it, you know, go into something else. It just has to interrupt each other. Anyway, outcome toxic attraction. Gigi Dolin uh, says that they came out last week with one purpose, to put an end to Raquel Gonzalez, but Io and Zoe wanted to come out and play hero and ruin their fun, so they are unsatisfied. JC Jane says, if Io and Zoe want to lead the division by example and play by the rules, well, toxic attraction, <laughs> We couldn't care less about the rules. We do what we want, when we want, and what we want is the NXT Women's Tag Team Champions.
championships. Uh, and Shouldn't they, have lost the match then. Yeah, they say the uh, champions' days are numbered and their time is up at Halloween Havoc. Mandy Rose gets on the mic and says there actually won't be one success at Halloween Havoc. There's going to be a couple because she is going to be challenging Raquel Gonzalez for the NXT Women's Championship on that show. Raquel got lucky last week, but at Halloween Havoc, Toxic Attraction will be wearing all the gold. It doesn't matter. Michael Sidgwick, what hair colour Mandy Rose has. She's still a best. She's still the best bitch in the game. Well, I've heard that before. Like mm-hmm. I've heard that one before. Look, this is just continues to be absolutely woeful dreck. I can't take them remotely seriously as intimidating. The delivery is genuinely quite awful. And we are talking about WWE scripted promos. Like it goes without saying that the vast majority of everything that's ever uttered on these television programs is dire. This is particularly bad and unconvincing. Um, baddest bitch on the in the business, was it? Something like that. I mean, you're even using the exact same alliteration just with one different word in the end. Like, come on, man. Come on, stop mugging me off. <laughs> I mean, you're trying to rip off the right people, but at this point, they're kind of inimitable on the form they're on. So stop with that. Uh, yeah, this act absolutely sucks. <laughs> uh, I got very briefly uh, very excited because I thought we were getting a new gimmick being introduced. I thought we were getting some sort of grave digger gimmick. Yeah, good. It wasn't that. It was a vignette teasing something, and someone says, I'm going to bury the bloody past to start a new mate, except it's got a voice changer. <laughs> uh, it's going to happen at Halloween Havoc. So, yeah, great to have Dakota Kai back. I mean, it was very much a Antipodean modulated voice mm. of a female. So there are very, and, you know, it. they hinted that they were returning and not a new person. So, yeah. I mean, it's better than working, better than doing jobs to a layer on main event. Yeah. Yeah, there was a bit of me that's like, why hasn't Dakota Kai been drafted? Maybe this is a good thing. Yes. That's not a bad thing. This is a good thing. Uh, we immediately get Zion Quinn versus Malik Blade next. Blade did get some offense in, but it was another squash for him. Uh, he got a missile drop kick in there, got a two count off the back of it, gets a roll up, but uh, eventually just gets picked up, choke slammed by Zion Quinn, uh, and he hits that leaping forearm for three. Look good, good dominant Zion Quinn. No, he didn't look good at all. Oh, I meant dominant, not yeah, good. Yeah. Sorry, he's he's got. Big time, natural born thriller energy. <laughs> Big jacked, like decent athlete, but it all kind of felt rushed and wrote and like genuinely this made zero impression on me whatsoever until you did the recap. <laughs> that's a thing, that's a good measure of things like having watched it literally this morning. <laughs> I haven't been to sleep since. Days haven't passed by. Did this make an impression on me? And until you told me the guy's finish, I just watched it pass by as just a generic, half-decent athlete doing a squash match. That's mm. a, no other analysis to apply here. Champa is backstage getting interviewed, uh, talking about his match with Brad Brigger at Halloween Havoc. Uh, he says, I've no bloody idea what I'm meant to think about Joe Gacy, but who cares anyway? I'm facing Bron next. When in come the grizzled young veterans, and uh, they take the piss. They say, I oh, can't wait to see you lose to a rookie. And uh, in comes Breaker. Break. I don't know why Breaker is. <laughs> it comes Breaker. Who are you calling? Rookie, pal? I can't remember. Breaker comes in, furious at being called a rookie, comes to his defense, offers him out for a fight. Grizzled young veterans walk off. And uh, Breaker said, look, I'm going to be by your side right up until Havoc because I want to beat you at your best. I'm really happy we're just getting a one-on-one match here. Well, I'm not because we've got Urkan They Coexist storyline here. They're oh, yeah, have, they've got a tag match next week. We have a tag they? match and they're going to do the Can They Coexist thing. This is a Vince and Bruce production. All right. I <laughs> absolutely. How thick do they think you, and I'm talking to you, the listener, mm-hmm. right, specifically, how thick do they think you are? Because we have a laugh with the can they coexist rule because we know that no one ever can because it's just a stupid, repetitive way of engineering the conflict that must happen in pro wrestling. So we just think, oh, no, of course it's gone. They think that you wonder this, you ponder this, you question this. 
They think that you're out there in your living room on your couch going, oh, can they coexist? Mm. That's the drama in this match. I'm trying to think when the last time this worked was, and the fact my brain went Cena and Michaels speaks volumes for the last time this is actually effective. The last time it was effective, legitimately, Hangman Page and Kenny Omega took an absolutely horrendous trope and made the most artful story of the century. Oh, yeah, I mean, it. in WWE. I'm All right, never. Have like, I liked Cena and Michaels, but maybe it's because I just was sort of very casually watching wrestling at the time, and I was just looking forward to when Shawn Michaels superkicked John Cena. So you didn't ask the question at any point? Oh, no, probably not. So yeah. it probably didn't even work then. I just slightly enjoyed it because of the characters that were involved in it. But, yeah, it, I, it, how many times has this happened in the last 12 months? I mean, it was the theme, the literal theme of the tagline, effectively, of WrestleMania 37 was, can they coexist? It's happening again on Raw. It's happening on NXT now. It's just the worst rubbish ever. Tag champs are people who can't coexist. Well, we've said before, we've done the tally. We've run the stats. We've poured through the data. And uh, there are more odd fellow tag teams than, like... Just established units. I will say one having, thing. Having said that, I still would rather see an odd odd couple tag team than Imperium. So, <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. Um, I'll say it again. It's a hot take incoming, but that Bron Breaker jumps off the old screen like, doesn't he? He's great. Just boom, he's there, he's intense, he's booming voices, energy. It's great. I go full Vince when he comes on screen. Like, get this Champa guy out of the way. I want to see more Bron Breaker. So... Maybe they are slightly justified occasionally. Swerve's backstage next. He's been uh, uh, chatted to about the events that started off this show. He says uh, he hasn't heard or seen uh, Ashanti the Adonis. He says, talks about the kidnapping. He says, his people are soldiers. They'll want him to focus on Santos Escobar. He says, look, Santos Escobar has uh, tried to, you know, bring the demon out of me. And it worked! Sh scared me with that shout that he did. Uh, he says he's going to take the North American Championship to SmackDown and there's nothing anyone can do about it. And I watched that and went, no, you're not. But I did enjoy what they did later on. So I'm going to I'm gonna let it let it play out and move on instead to Ivy Nile's in-ring debut. She is the uh, woman from the Titan Games. It's a part of the Diamond Mine. They sort of put this over in that match with Valentina Ferroz, I believe is the uh, opponent's name. Uh just showcasing her strength here throughout the match. She actually caught a crossbody, lifted her up, delayed suplex. Uh, and the, uh, the 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 finish is Ivy Nile getting Van Valentina Ferroz in a torture rack and then squatting a few times just again show off her freakish ability. Uh, she gets the submission victory. First of all, before we move on to, to the post-match, Ivy Nile's debut, what did you make of it? How long did this go? Not too long, few minutes. I mean, she was on her shoulders for longer than anything else. I just that's my abiding memory mm. of the match. On the shoulders, that's good. I get the idea that it's impressive to watch someone who is diminutive do really strong spots. A mark for it, Layla Hirsch, John Silver. But like, and time will tell. It's a debut, effectively. Like. She might be able to really incorporate this into like a comeback. That's the joy of watching someone very small do power spots because when they are like under the cosh and then do it in the comeback, like it's awesome. So it was marginally impressive on an athletic level, but it didn't really give me any indication of she can go. And that's half the problem of this buddy show. Yeah, I think, you know, to compare it to someone else who does insane things in the ring and Bianca Belair, I love it when she does the mad shows of strength. But like you say, it's better when it's worked into maybe someone tries to do some maneuver on her and she catches it and just sort of freezes it and then just powers someone yeah. up uh, as if they're sort of dead weight in dead weight in it. So I suppose we've got to give her time. Yeah, there's plenty of time to go through those gear changes. Uh, who was the? Who did you mention there? John Silver and who's the other one you said you quite liked? Who does this? Layla Hirsch. And God bless the United States. <laughs> Sorry, I don't want to miss that opportunity. <laughs> Post-match, Bivens gets on the mic. Great, more of this sort of thing. Uh, she says this, he says, this was a message to every woman here that Pitbull has been released. Ivy Nile's here. She didn't come to play. He puts over the Creed brothers as well. He says they're putting in work day in and day out. They are the most dominant team in NXT today. And then he uh, introduces Cruiserweight champion Roderick Strong, who again popped me by saying, hey, that's me. 
Gets on the mic before he can say anything badly, though. Uh, Ikamanjiro comes out. He wants a title shot. He slides in, and Julius Creed gets on the mic and says, Are you for real, pal? He, uh, he says, in the diamond mine, everything is earned. And he lifts his T-shirt, whilst, t-shirt up while saying, He's always strapped. What are you going to do about it, Ikamanjiro? He's got his singlet on underneath. Ikamanjiro chins him and slides out. We go to a break, and when we come back... One of the Creed brothers is wrestling. I love watching these guys chuck people about. He did this here. Um, we come back to the match. Uh, Ikamanjiro actually in control, uh, but Creed just spears him in the knee, uh, hits that double underhook suplex, drives him into the corner, power slam and a few gut wrench suplexes in there. Jiro comes back with the jacket-assisted strikes, takes down Julius, gets a near fall off a moonsault, uh, does an acai moonsault to the outside, if I remember rightly. But as he uh, goes for the springboard, Creed catches him, uh, lays him out, and then hits that sliding lariat to finish him off. One, two, three. Post-match, income all of Diamond Mine to beat him down. Kushida runs down, makes the save, stops just short of hitting Ivy Nile, and that allows Diamond Mine to recover and beat him down as well. I love the Creed brothers. Yeah, I hated this entire segment. <laughs> this company, this brand, cannot book. It was the same with NXT 1.0, like for years, in fact, particularly when it made the move to TV. This promotion, irrespective of whether Triple H or Bruce Pritchard or Vince McMahon or Road Dog is at the helm, because it's a WWE product, they can't book. So in this uh, post-match, you established that Ikamanjiro and Kushida are being programmed against Roderick Strong and the Diamond Mine. Okay, one of whom will at some point challenge for the Cruiserweight title. Kushida got beaten like four minutes the other week. Kamenjiro <laughs> just got beat off uh, one of Roderick Strong's underlings. And now you book an angle, you run an angle that hints towards future matches with the two losers. And they, like, what? what? Like, they can't book? It's pathetic. <laughs> and then in the meanwhile, you've got the... The tag team in Toxic Attraction talking about how they're going to win the titles. We've already lost. You can't <laughs> book, you idiots. Why am I watching this? Well, the reward will come later, I'm don't 62 worry. I'm 62 and I'm just what? like looking at the lasses. <laughs> I'm a male 62-year-old poor board who likes Toxic Attraction. <laughs> Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. We got a promo from NXT Women's Champion Raquel Gonzalez next. Uh, she says her title means she's queen of the mountain. She's not ducked or dodged anyone. She's taken out champion. She's taken out future Hall of Famer. She's taken out her former best friend, of course. And she says, you know what? It's on, Mandy. Halloween Havoc. Spin the wheel. Make the deal. They did well with this last time, so I'm, I'm optimistic. Oh, they're not going to do any good wheel stuff this time, like Wheel stuff. Imagine bloody Mandy Rose talking about wheels. There's going to be any part of there whatsoever, is there? Just love love wheels, me. Love a wheel and love a 
random stipulation that's going to get hoyed onto this match. I mean, I'll be on the hook for like 10 seconds with the wheel spin. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's fine. Right. Um, I'll be there, sorry. That's a... I've got to be honest, this was the low point of the show for me. Uh, nothing against Lash Legend. It's just, it's I... <laughs> I mean, you've got stuff against Lash Legend, but... The highest point of the show was so bad. I got very angry, but thankfully it was salvaged later on because we get lashing out with Lash Legend and I'm Millhouse going, yeah, 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 but when are we getting to the Tony D'Angelo factory? <laughs> she talks about the WWE draft. She says next year, what's this? Next year, it's going to be called uh, WWE Squid Games. <laughs> Reference. I need to bury this again. I know I did it earlier on the podcast. I need to do it again. Right. Trending tab. Squid Games. Fax machine, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Here's what's trending. Get it in a promo right now. I just... The, best, the, the thinnest attempt to get with da kids imaginable. What's uh, Squid Games doing a promo? It's so delightfully pathetic. I adore how pathetic this show is, how low effort it is in its attempt. It's absolutely dunderheaded attempt to connect with the kids. And the context didn't even make any sense. Like, if anything, the real squid game in WWE is if they're going to make it back from uh, Crown Jewel this year on the plane. <laughs> but they Red can't obviously say that. Green light. Red light. <laughs> <laughs> but they obviously can't say that, so instead... To try and how do we shoehorn this popular trending topic into our television program? Right. We've had the draft. Right, okay. How are people not going to make it out of alive? Are the careers going to die? Because that works, but again, you can't say it. That'd be so good that NXT wasn't on today. What is the number one trending thing on our Twitter tab there and uh Michael Sidgwick? Imagine. Bruce Pritchard with hashtag no bra day. No bra day. Toxic attraction burning them. <laughs> anyway, um, Lash continues. That could be the game. What? We've got another game trending. for the NXT. Yes! What's trending and what's going to get awkwardly what's... and pathetically shoehorned? She, she did the Facebook, Instagram thing last week, didn't yes. she? Yes. Squid Games this week. What trending topic is going to be like senselessly. What Squid Game has got to do with a draft? I hear it's going to be like, who's told, who told you this? Who's talking about, oh, it's going to be a, imagine, in your place of work, uh, WWE, and there's a group of like the roster, like, uh, talking and whispering and rumour mongering. It's going to be like bloody Squid Games next year. It is, no, it's not! I, I'm getting actively pissed off with how rubbish this is at this point. I can no longer enjoy it. It is simply too bad now. Well, uh, she puts over Hit Row for being drafted to SmackDown. She sings their theme song. They do the thing that they do. Uh, stomp, clap, stomp, clap, stomp, stomp, clap. <laughs> and I watch it come and review It's Always Sunny. Instead. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Let's just jump, make a jump to what culture TV. And she, uh, she says it's the lashing out of the week. She's going to um, take a suggestion and mention Tony D'Angelo because he wanted to get on her show. And she says, I've got three words. Three, three words. Forget about it. Forget about it. It's one word. Dumb broad. It's the script. Come on. Cheers, toots. <laughs> Moving on quickly. Uh, it's time for the best friends. Cool Carol O'Reilly and Nifty Van Wagner. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Nifty versus Python and Rich Bully Holland. Um, this match was, as we predicted... Yeah, 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 technical wrestling. These are phenomenally talented individuals in Pete Dunne already, but let's get them out of the way, because look at these big bastards just Godzilla versus Kong each other, basically. Um, Von Wagner, babyface that he is, jumps Pete Dunne to start the match, uh, hits him with a vertical suplex. Uh, again, Von Wagner comes in to clean house as we go to a break, hoys Ridge Holland into steps. Um, he, as we come back, it's Holland and Kyle O'Reilly. He's been isolated. Eventually, O'Reilly finally manages to fight out, gets to his corner, but wouldn't you know it, uh, Von Wagner's been knocked off the apron. So O'Reilly gets sent to the outside. Holland puts him up on his shoulders, but Von Wagner leaps in, makes the save. He uh, eventually gets uh, everything back in the ring. Kyle O'Reilly fights out, finally makes the hot tag to Von Wagner. He comes in, batters Holland, big back suplex. Um, Dunn tries to get involved, and Von Wagner points at him on the outside and tells O'Reilly... 
finish him. So Riley hits a flying knee off the apron. Wagner hits his double underhook spinning slam on Holland to get the victory. And the friends can trust each other with their lives now. The whole point of the match was to spotlight the big lads. So, like, there wasn't really that much to the done O'Reilly stuff. It was really nicely worked. Of course it was. But it was just preamble to get to the point. The point being that we need to make Von Wagner <laughs> so inexplicable. The whole idea is they are trying to make Von Wagner look like a Von Eric. Long hair, massive, jacked, tall, house of fire baby face. And it's like, he's got the weirdest energy imaginable. <laughs> when he does his fire up spots, it's like, I mean, you invented fire, so you should be better at it than you are. But it just looks <laughs> so weird. Yeah. And like, odd. Like, he's got a specific energy. I feel sorry for him because I generally think he's been woefully miscast. Everyone's being asked to analyze or watch him on as a baby face. That's like, you don't really feel like a relatable, authentic guy. Mm -hmm. You're still at promo delivery. Mm -hmm. You're incredibly uncomfortable in front of a camera. You are nowhere near ready for this spot. Well, Bob Wagner's got heart. You mean, no, Kyle O'Reilly's got heart. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Just, I wasn't talking the first He's got weird words and deliveries. Bam Wagner's got weird words and deliveries. <laughs> yes. I love him talking in the third person. He absolutely, at this stage in his career, given his size, he should be playing a dominant generic heel yeah. to work out how really experienced babyface hands, because if that's his future... should be Von and Braun. That's what we should be heading towards. There's your match. I mean, it shouldn't be, because Von Wagner... Someone's arms got to gone. Von Wagner ain't it. Like, he, at this point... I can't ever see him. Maybe he's just incredibly nervous and uncomfortable, mm. and this is the sort of thing that should not be happening on TV at all, and there might be a good baby face in him. Von Wagner doesn't need you anymore. Yeah, he should be doing things like that. He should be working smaller baby faces so he can learn when to measure your fire-up spots, when to make you come back, how to cut them off to make it feel a little bit like agonizing for the crowd, because at the minute... Just like, hey, weird guy, you're a Von Eric, come fire up out there, kid. And he's like, oh, Christ, I feel nervous about this. So you'll just run in, run across the ring and do a punch and then a crowd appeal. And it's like, it's just that you have to see it to believe it. Mm. Without, He's not doing anything wrong or anything that's too hilarious. It's just like odd in a way that can't be articulated. Go and watch him. It's wrong. No, dear, that's wrong. Right, Adam Wilborn wants to move on and talk next uh, about one of his, I'm bringing this back, his Faith Five. Okay, he's one of my Faith Five this week from NXT. Tall, knee, D, angel, low. No, not yet. Because I love Andre Chase. Yeah, like, he's cool. I think his vignettes are brilliant. So we go to Andre Chase University, and he's teaching a class this time, Michael Sidgwick, about uh, in-ring awareness. Uh, and he Basic fundamental. Uh, he lowers the lights and he showcases the previous week where, of course, Odyssey Jones is fighting L.A. Knight. And Odyssey Jones, when he was getting pinned, put his foot under the ropes, but he got shoved back into the ring. The ref didn't see it and he got pinned and he shouldn't have got pinned, basically. And, well, Andre Chase points out that he should have put his foot on the ropes, not underneath it, so the referee would have been able to see it and blah, blah, blah. He lacks the veteran instincts, basically, to be in NXT. Which is developmental. Yep. But, Where, if you, the greener you are, the bigger the push. But, I don't know, you need veteran instincts. What an absolute clown show this is. So, lad at the front, Brandon, sticks his hand in the air and says, uh, excuse me, teacher, but isn't what you did illegal? And therefore, shouldn't it have been a DQ and he should have won the match? Andre Chase walks over and goes, you know what, Brennan? That's a good point. I'd like to discuss it with you further. If I gave a fuck! <laughs> it popped me huge, this. He says, right, you guess what wipes all the papers off this kid's desk. Get out there. Go out there and hang with Steve in the dumbass class, right? And he goes, I'm trying to teach. Out goes Brandon. He goes, I'm trying to teach these kids, and this is the motherfucking thanks I get. <laughs> And he turns, smiles to the rest of the class. Any other questions? 
huge pap. This huge pap. with what came next was the best part of the show. I mean, it's funny this. The attempts to do like it's just a checklist of crap. Bright colours. Hip hop theme. Uh, tits. <laughs> tits. Woke stuff. Topical references. What else can we do to reach the kids? Um, f***ing swearing. <laughs> f***ing swearing, you c***t. I mean, I mean, it's got my attention. Uh, right, Sige, uh, I know we're running long. What time is it, actually? Oh, it's Tony time. <laughs> it's Tony time. That's Tuts. what. Yeah, come on, Tuts. It's Tony time, huh? Sit your ass down. Huh? Okay, because I was worried when he wasn't on. I was literally like, are you kidding me with this? When he wasn't on Lashing Out with Lash Legend. What I love about this is, right, there are certain dynamites where me being a mark, I'll look at, like, six matches, and I want that one to go 18 minutes, like, and I get like, oh, Christ, is it going to be ruined by this mad format? So I'm clock-watching, thinking, is this classic main event going to have time to really tell the story it needs to tell? And you're clock-watching for Tony D'Angelo. Tony, we're, the, we're getting the Tony time, huh? But don't worry, here he is. Uh, he's outside, he's leaning on a very nice-looking car, and he says... Uh, so the uh, the streets are talking about my successful debut, huh? Maron. Huh? Look, we didn't say that it was a great Maron. How do we not see that one coming? <sighs> Watching the Sopranos in my lifetime, like uh, he says, uh, I gotta give uh, I gotta give props to my competitor, though, huh? Um, Malk, uh, Maluk, Malik, whatever his name was. <laughs> when I was done with him, he was making. When I was done with him, he was malicking my boots. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Brilliant line that. He sort of he, he, he might have missed it. But yeah, I, re- I didn't know what he said until you I re- said it. I rewound it and I was like, oh, that was a good that was a good line, Tony. When I was done with him, he was licking my boots, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like that. He says, uh, <laughs> anywho, uh, I'm the uh, man in NXT and I'm outside right now, this Lash Legend show and this, should have got this one as well, Mealy Mouth producer guy, right? He comes up to me and he says, oh, Mr. D'Angelo, huh? we have a scheduling conflict. Maybe next time. I said, I said what you say to me? Ah, forget about it. Uh, I do things on my own time anyway. Uh, that, that producer, I think Mark was his name. Huh? Nice guy. Walks off. And you just hear. <laughs> because Mark is locked in the boot of a car. And here's the thing. It's not even Tony's car. <laughs> it's a rental car. <laughs> Mark's going to get whacked. <laughs> He's going to get whacked. And it's because of the disrespect. And you know what? He's going to be wrapped in a goddamn rug. That's right. That's what we're going to... We're chucking body in the river with a goddamn rug. Some people are going to think, huh? Why's that rug flowing down the river, huh? Because it's got a it's got a little bitch called Mark in it. That's why. Well, Nigel, much like Troy McClure, he's going to be sleeping with the fishes. <laughs> All this needs is Mauro to come back. Oh, my Imagine God. Imagine Mauro calling Tony D'Angelo. Oh, that'd be, that'd be it. That'd be, wrestling would have hit the pit. I think mean, I can just retire from talking about wrestling at that point. I'd be like, well, we've peaked, clearly. Yeah. yeah. We've WrestleMania 17, NXT 2.0, so why continue? Yeah, another brilliant segment with Tony, and, like, I look on YouTube, not get many views, obviously, but in terms of the vignettes, our boy Tony's the one getting the views, huh? He's getting those clicks. He's getting those extra 2Ks. Yeah. <laughs> On these F5 figure pathetic figures, huh? <laughs> I, uh, I love this, though. For, from, a moment, from going from the lowest of lows, when he's not on Last Legend, to this, perfect. <laughs> Of lows. Look, I'll say one thing. For a really badly written and formatted television show, like, I'm not using the void, <laughs> but two separate developments bled into one another. Diamond in the rough, isn't he, basically, this lad? No, he's, he's a good lad. Uh, right, next up was uh, Grayson Waller versus Duke Bloody Hudson, the poker bloody player. Grayson Waller also had some boxing gimmick that he introduced in a little picture-in-picture picture start of all this. He talks about being a former Golden Gloves boxer. This is the first time you said it. Was that? Wait, wait. What? What? Wasn't he an adrenaline junkie last week? <laughs> and now he's a boxer. I think so, yeah. He was a Golden Gloves guy. He said, basically, I'm the same as... Ah, another topical reference. He said, I'm the same as Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder. Oh, I love this show. I've changed my mind. It's awesome. <laughs> he says, uh, because I'm facing a poker player, I'm all in. See, see what he's done there? Um, Hudson... Uh, powers out of a wrist lock early on, hits an overhead belly to belly, 
batters Waller in the corner. Waller comes back, hits a stunner. It looks like he's got the match won. Goes for a springboard, but Duke Bloody Hudson, mind games filler, right? Says, uh, he trips him up, covers him, hooks a leg, grabs the tights, one, two, three, and he walks in and goes, better like next time, filler. Brilliant. Didn't hate this for the three minutes it went. Like, Duke Hudson can bloody get about a bit. Like, he's rolling through some um, transitions very fluidly, very nicely. I really like the finish. A good WWE roll-up finish. How he arrived at the finish. Boom, kick the rope. The rope's like one of the best weapons. The turnbuckle's one of the best weapons. And they are free to use at your disposal. I, I really quite enjoyed this. Yeah. To a shocking level. Wonder what, wonder why they're booking him well. Oh, yeah, he's six foot something. Yeah. Uh, right. We get a little promo from Legada del Fantasma taking the piss out of everyone in it, Row getting abducted. Uh, but Santos says, hey, it's just going to be me out there. You can trust me. It'll be fine. Uh, Indy Hartwell and Percy Parata are getting ready. Indy just gives a little kiss to the cheek to uh, Dexter before they head out. And then uh, there's a promo from Imperium, but I couldn't be asked to write down what they said because I hate it and it's boring. They the said, ring's sacred. They said that the ring's sacred, funnily enough. Just, I write down, you know this, I write down everything. You're a pro, you're a pro. And I went, oh, I'm not writing this down. I draw a line here. <laughs> this is it. This is my... No. Anyway, Indy Hartwell versus Persia. Uh, I mean, be fair. They did speak in their native tongues, and you can't speak that. Yeah, it was subtitled. But. Yeah, I was like, je ne comprenais pas. So, you know. In the Hotwell Persia Parotta, they're taking on Saray. Hey! Oh, no, she's getting jobbed out uh, with Amari Miller. This was a brief match. We saw very little from Saray, maybe deliberately, because I hope they were trying somewhat to protect her, because you and I are big fans of hers. Yeah, I mean, they could have just not put her in the match yeah, yeah, at yeah. all. Yeah. I mean, she didn't take the pin, nor any offense. Miller gets picked up. Fireman's carry, uh, face buster from uh, Persia uh, Perotta on her. Uh, and then Hartwell hits the uh, flying elbow drop, springboarding into the ring for the victory. Post-match, Persia gets on the mic. They want to go for those tag titles. They've alluded to it before. EO and Zoe comes out. EO goes through how much she doesn't like both of these women. And Zoe says, I oh, know you don't like me. And she says, no, don't tell me what to say. <laughs> I love grumpy EO Shirai for some reason. Outcome, uh, Gigi Dolene, JC Jane, they say they don't give a damn about anything or anyone. They want the tag titles. Big three-way brawl. Uh, looks like Toxic Attraction are going to be the ones standing tall, but in the end, EO wipes out Gigi Dolene, and Zoe uh, kicks JC Jane out of the ring. They stand tall, as they should. Yeah. I couldn't really get an indication of what's uh, Hartwell's Persia Perotti. Persia Perotti, yeah. Yeah. Um... I couldn't really make a mind up on whether she can go or not. No, we haven't seen enough of that uh, yet. You just don't know. We've got any ideas of what the match is for. I mean, I can understand people who, you know, long-time listeners of this cursed podcast will say something. We complained when they went 14 minutes, when they should have went 10. And it's like, well, yeah. yeah because a, those matches were too long. There's a yeah. middle ground here. Yeah, there's a middle ground. And uh, they are, they've just swung in the opposite stupid direction mm. from the other stupid directions. Great. Uh, Grayson Waller's walking backstage, sort of cracks onto Cora Jade briefly. Did she? Well, she well, there was another lady sitting at the bar. I'm talking. Did Cora Jade just do that thing where it's like, oh, someone looking at me? You know, it happens to me all the time. Yeah. So, <laughs> so just look at me. All right. Or was she like looking to upgrade? Maybe. Yeah. I'm. I'm. I'm I like that subtlety. Breadcrumbs there. There's another woman who's uh, sat around and basically says, oh, I'll still shag you, Grayson Waller. Uh, and basically that is because who should walk in next, but you carry that, baby, to the poon. <laughs> he needs some help with the ladies, uh, and he asks Waller how on earth he does it, and Waller suggests he shaves his chest and tidies himself up and gets rid of the beard. Please don't do that. Please, please. Do. No, please. He wants, he wants to go to the poon. Okay, fair enough. Um, and he introduces... Cameron Grimes to a dating app, which I hope means he's going to launch his own dating app, in my opinion. Where he's like the only guy. Maybe. But like he's got enough money to launch, you know, whatever his version of Tinder or whatever. I don't know what the kids use nowadays, to be honest. So he's either going to... We t we're both too old for Tinder. Oh, we're both married, mate. No, but <laughs> yeah, I don't mean now. I mean, <laughs> previously, when Tinder first came out, I assume you were already with the missus at that point. What year was it launched? I don't know, I guess was, like 2014 or I something. I think, yeah, I was with the missus at this point. It's one of those where 
Tinder completely, because I'm like an old, like approaching middle-aged white man. Tinder taught me, like caught me completely by surprise because everyone was just outwardly saying, oh, I was swiping left, I was swiping right, or I'm on Tinder. I'm thinking, hang on, this is bollocks. I used to have to go to a nightclub. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where, like, there is no possible, like... Indication. Indication of, like, if someone's interested, you don't want to have to creep around someone. Um, it's so difficult to talk to anyone, your mates in that environment. And it's like, well, you know what would be good? If I could just strike up a conversation with someone on, like, match... That used to be the thing. Yeah, yeah, it? yeah. But then it was like, oh, he got no game. Plenty of fish or whatever it was. Oh, he got no game, so you're on them. It's like, all oh, right, it was like a taboo. Yeah. Then everyone's like, it's fine, I'll be on Tinder. It just reminded me, oh my God, a, a mate of mine. Uh, but I think I never, the thing is, I never judged anyone for going on those dating sites. No, no, no. You've got the right idea. You're trying to specifically meet someone who you think you're going to have like a connection with. Everyone I know pretty much has met their other half, by being in this, like, we're all animals f***ing in a zoo, right? Everyone I know has pretty much met their other half prior to, like, the Tinder yeah, yeah, yeah. and the taboo being broken through a friend of a friend. I went to or, a party and met Anne Louise, yeah. Yeah, or someone who, like, you've got an excuse to talk to, right? Work colleague or whatever it may be. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Do you know what my technique used to be in the nightclub? Finger guns. If they don't like that, they <laughs> <laughs> No, I was going to say, you know, the, the dating apps, or not the, the, the stuff before Tinder, basically. Match, or there was, a, I can't remember what it was called. And a mate of mine rang me up once. He was having a bit of trouble. He's thankfully now, he's got a lovely daughter, a very uh, very beautiful fiance. They're all getting, they're getting married next, next year. It's all wonderful, right? He rang me up, and I was like, all right, boy, what's going on? He's like, uh, had a bit of a had a bit of a nightmare, mate. I was like, "All oh, right," and he'd gone to sign up to some dating site you had to pay for, and he'd thought, "Well, if I'm going to pay for it, I might as well." You know, when they do like you can sign up for one month for like twenty quid, or sign up for the whole year for sixty quid, and he's gone, I "Might as well, might as well, in for a penny, in for a pound, year <laughs> year subscription." But somewhere along the way, he's clicked the wrong thing, and it was like the kinky version, like. Oh, do you want me to spit on you? Like that version of match, basically. And he sort of was like, oh, I really didn't want to sign up to that. And I was like, didn't you? Or <laughs> is that just, oh, no, yeah. I'm, I'm looking at this porn, ironically, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, Cameron Grimes is going to shag someone. <laughs> yeah, what are we talking about? Uh, let's talk about the debut. We said we were going to get a new gimmick. We sort of got it teased throughout. But here, we got uh, Solo Sokoa. He is a street fighter. He's been fighting in the streets from 15 years old. And you know where we went wrong? Thinking it would be a combat athlete. Not like not thinking it would be a combat athlete yeah. because we're thinking poker player, adrenaline junkie. Like It's got to be back to gimmick gimmick stuff next week, though, because it's like yeah, nah, Golden Gloves guy, street fighter, but let's have... Street fighter makes too much sense. Yeah. I need, I need bin man or whatever it may be. You know, builder. Uh, we'll play the game next week yes. again because I've got faith. And we've got another game as well. Got so many games. There's barely. What was the game we came up with just then? Or what will be the trending topic? Trending, yeah, yeah. Uh, right, main event time. It was oh, the North God North American Championship match: Swerve versus Santos Escobar. Um, look, we know these two can put on great stuff, and they did so yet again here. Uh, Scott jumps Escobar before the match even starts to give him payback for what happened earlier. Um, he runs him over at ringside, hits a big running flip dive to take him all out again. Just, uh, just a reminder of what this guy can do, and I really hope they don't ruin him on the main roster. They will. Uh, Escobar blocks the finisher of his, the JML driver, knocks Scott out to the floor, suicide dives into him. That takes us into the break, the spill over the announce table and all that. Uh, Scott, as we come back, is going for that rolling cutter, but Escobar counters it into a downward spiral, hits a frog splash, gets a near fall off the back of it. They fight on the apron. Escobar uh, gets given a death belly driver on there. Scott goes up top, 450, but Escobar gets the knees up. In come Raul Mendoza and Joaquin Wilde. They jump up on the apron. There's a big distraction. You're thinking, oh, no. 
this is going to be unfair, the numbers game, etc., etc. There's no hit row, but in comes Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams. They pull them off the apron, they brawl at ringside. That all distracts the guys in the ring. Uh, Escobar, earlier on in the match, has exposed, not the turnbuckle, but like the bit of metal that holds the turnbuckle to the post. Uh, and he gets sent into that by Swerve, who hits his JML driver, one, two, three, in a surprise for all of us, Isaiah Swerve Scott retains the North American Championship. Afterwards, it suddenly dawns on me what's happening. I didn't get it straight away, to be perfectly honest. There they are, celebrating in the ring, um, and uh, there's also uh, Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams. Carmelo Hayes is holding Scott's hand up in the air, congratulating him, and then suddenly turns around, short arm clothesline. He lays him out. He catches in that contract that Trick Williams is holding for the North American Championship. Immediately springboards, flying clothesline. He's got the match won. I love it when they do this with cash-ins. One, two, kick out yeah. from Swerve. Bit of doubt in there. Swerve fights back, um, but in the end, uh, he gets hit with a scissor kick. Hayes goes up top. Um, and hits the guillotine leg drop, top rope fame ass, or whatever you want to call it. A nice finish to that. Nails swerve with that, gets the pinfall victory. He is your new North American champion. I thought this was a sensational end to the show. I think it was really smartly crafted. Really smartly crafted. I mean, the only person who came out looking bad, and it didn't even, no, I'm going to not be cynical. The baby face just beat the heel. It's the way it should be after a long, long story. Unless, like, I mean, that's just what wrestling is. Hmm. The good guy wins over the bad guy. Especially the amount of times you had to watch Scott get screwed by Escobar for the last yeah. year or so. Absolutely. So the good guy beats the bad guy. Great. Funny. And uh, <laughs> so you get that. Um, so that's great. And what's more is that you thought it really had no chance of happening because not only do we know mm -hmm. that he's SmackDown bound, but... He's been, like, set upon by the heels, as of his mates. Isolated. Isolated. So for all of these reasons, you don't think you're getting the finish. Then you get the finish, and then you realize, oh, hang on, they can't do this finish because I have to beat him at some point. And they beat him in a way that they've been slowly building in uh, the meantime in parallel. All of this is good. The heel gets his comeuppance. The main roster-bound star wins the a match, and then loses via nefarious means. Those means establish Carmelo Hayes as a real player in the process. All of this is tremendously well done, and I really enjoyed it, despite the fact that I hate cash-ins as a trope. And the match itself was really good. Yeah. It wasn't, like, four-star plus level. No. It was nothing groundbreaking. Like if you've seen this kind of match, and this has been the NXT problem, like when it was 1.0 for ages, if you've seen this, one of these kinds of matches, you've seen them all. They have to be awesome to be, like, great. Mm -hmm. And yet they did the little things, I thought, very well. There was one particular near fall that it wasn't just the 2.9 um, Swerve Scott kick out. It was the fact that he practically had his arms by his side. I didn't think they were in position to be lifted up. I thought his um, body language during one of the last climactic near falls was tremendous. Uh, the timing of everything was really, really spot on. This is the best thing that NXT 2.0 literally might ever do, not involving Bron Breaker and Tommaso Ciampa. Yeah, I completely agree. I'm a sucker for a cash-in, so I'm slightly different than you compared to this. But I've said this from... Months and months ago, I think Santos Escobar works magic in the ring. I love him wrestling Swerve Scott, even though we've seen it a lot. I think they work so well in the ring together. Like you say, the kickouts were great. The action was great. It didn't feel like them going over old spots that we've seen before, even though a lot of them were. And then, yeah, what a way to establish Carmelo Hayes on this brand. For me, the best in-ring thing, like you say, aside from whatever we get from Bron Break and Tommaso Ciampa, for now, right now, the best in-ring thing NXT 2.0 has done. I mean, this is like we love this show for the wrong reasons, but this is the best 
earnest highlight. Exactly. Yeah, really, really good stuff. Let us know your thoughts, though, on the whole of NXT 2.0 on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Uh, watch there. You can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at M. Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE. And make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. We'll be back later on today with Michael Sidgwick asking you, answering even your burning wrestling questions. I love these ones. I'm going to fire the tweet out. We've just finished recording. It's midday. I'll give you a bit of time. Hopefully, this will come out about half one UK time. I'll give you a bit of time. We'll jump in the studio sort of half two, three o'clock. So I'll give that uh, a bit of chance. So if you just listen to it, this as it's come out, although I've realized this is running an hour, so we're cutting it pretty fine. I'll tweet. You follow us on Twitter already. Who cares? And uh, if you don't, follow us at? Yeah, Adam Wilborn, yes. Uh, follow me there. Follow us all at What Culture W. And follow... Don't forget me. You did. You, we've already done you. We're going around in circles here. Have we? Right? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> At M. Sidgwick. Follow us twice. Yeah. <laughs> follow us, unfollow us, then follow us again. Oh, no, idiot. Follow us and then log into your burner and follow us on there as well. <laughs> yeah. Follow us on there. Subscribe to What Culture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, but for now, my thanks to Michael Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.